0: Peace, y'all. Tonight on the Boom Bap Chat, we welcome in Jeff from Sittin' Kane. Yo, Till, IOMAS, let's get it started.
1: Yes, yes, yes. Let's do just that. <laughs> I am MC Till. <laughs>
2: I am. Peace. I'm profound. What up, though? I am IB, IOMAS Marad. Yes, yes. And together we bring you the Boom Bap Chat
1: number 95. And we are super excited about tonight's show before we get into that make sure you get into everybody's records here in cincinnati ohio if you can't visit them in the flesh just go online check them out at everybody and if you don't have a copy of our annual boom back review books you
0: can get all three copies for 30 bucks at boombackreview.com
2: and be on the lookout for our new book the native tongue review i'm super excited about this book it's coming out May 27th, along with my brother Profound's new CD. Pre-order both of them and save money at BoombatReview.com. and man, I'm so excited about this book, but let's get to the show, brothers. So we'll do
1: that tonight. Uh, BoomBap chat number 95. We're excited about our guests tonight. We actually have two guests tonight, and I'm going to bring in our first guest here. This is uh, Francesca, Dr. Francesca, who's going to be joining us tonight. Really glad to have you on to co-host with us tonight. How are you, Dr. Francesca?
3: I'm always well. Thank you for having me again. I'm very excited. I'm especially excited because we got someone from Toronto here with us today.
2: No doubt. Yes.
1: Yes. Thanks
2: to you. Thanks to you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, thank you for that.
1: So bring into the show tonight. You might if you if you know him today, you might know him from his basketball work, which we'll get into. If you know this man from his hip hop work, uh, you know him as uh, part of Citizen Kane, a super dope hip hop crew out of Toronto. And we're going to get into that, the basketball and everything in between. Ladies and gentlemen, please. Join me as we give a nice, warm welcome to Jay Spade. Woo! Yeah.
4: Thanks for having me, thanks for having me.
1: Yeah, man, thanks for being <laughs> here, man. I'm, I'm gonna toss it over uh, to Francesca, who's gonna give you some flowers. Yeah, so
3: I, you know, one of the things, uh, one of the things that happens when you talk about Toronto hip hop is there tends to be this emphasis on people who are already very publicly visible, right? So there's you know, there's the well-known names that we know. But for me, um, so my background is I'm a historian of hip-hop culture, and for me, it's the stories that don't get told, the, the people who have made tremendous contributions to the culture, and yet for whatever the very reasons are, they remain invisible in the history. And so for me, when I, when I uh, was put on to Jeff, or oh, I should say, when, when people, I was doing my interviews for an oral history project that I'm currently working on, a lot of people said to me, you need to talk to Spade because he has a tremendous story that needs to be told. And uh, so for me, that's always, been, uh, that's always been the most important thing, to make sure that everybody who's made a contribution to the culture gets their time to shine and their, and their recognition and their flowers. Jeff uh, is, aside from being an incredible MC, he is really a representation of all the elements of hip hop. You know, he's a B-boy, he's a graffiti artist, he's an MC. Uh, he he owned his own independent record label. He uh, created, along with his sister, Allison Duke, who's a very well-known independent film uh, director, uh, one of the first, and, and Jeff, you could correct me if it was the first uh, hip-hop documentary to come out of
4: Canada. Yes, I guess yes it was.
3: Yeah, Jeff has really been at the forefront of, of so many things. He was known as a hip-hop barber in Toronto, so maybe he'll tell some of those mm. stories. Uh, Jeff has really been everywhere and anywhere when it comes to hip hop. And I think it's important for people to take the time to get to know his catalog, to know he's, the contributions that he's made and to really uh, give him his credit. He's, he's an incredible and all around talent. So that's why I'm here to celebrate Jeff. Uh, he's one of my favorite artists and I, I take every opportunity to say his name. Doesn't matter what space I'm in, whether it's a hip hop space, whether it's in university classes where I teach. People have got to know this name. So that's why I'm here. Thank you, Jeff.
4: You you give me way too much credit.
3: I really don't. I I give you your just due credit.
1: Yeah, you need to hire Dr. Francesca. I'm
3: the hype person. You know, I've been told that many a time.
1: <laughs> That's no. Thank you, uh, Francesca for that. I uh, really appreciate that. Uh when you know that term Toronto hip hop, what comes to your mind, Spade, when you hear that term?
4: I don't know what that is. Um mm. like uh back in the days, I'm I I'm around I was around when hip hop was 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 birthed in the seventies. Yeah. I I remember those days, right? And where I was in Toronto and where I where I lived in Toronto, hip hop grew that at the same time it was growing in New York and in the States. Mm-hmm. So I don't know the difference. You know mm. what I mean? I just hip hop yeah. is hip hop, no matter yeah. where you are, right?
1: Yeah, that's dope, man. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. And then how how would you say um w- w- how, when as as you were growing up in it? Hold on, a second. There, yeah,
4: yeah. before you go on. Um, yeah. There's something I like to say about that when like a lot of these artists up here in, in Canada and in Toronto, they say you gotta support Toronto or Canadian hip hop. And I hear that a lot, and I understand what they're trying to get to at that, but if, I believe that. You just support hip-hop uh, people should buy what you like right and yeah. and I don't believe it, the separation of of um areas and where you live has nothing to do with the hip-hop maybe the sound a little bit right but no one should be sounding similar anyways so yeah. it's like just support who you like I never ever got into that um that game of he's from here and he's from there and I don't I only like guys from there and I don't like guys from here yeah. I, don't, I don't believe in any of that yeah sure you know <laughs>
1: I think about like um, community and how like, like IOMAS profound being from Chicago, they've told stories about like, you know, that they were, they were like not gatekeepers, but they were like people that like made sure that you were on point lyrically and on point with your skills. And like there was accountability, I guess is what I'm saying. And that to me is there's a local, a localizing, not localized, like that's very local, I would think. Is there, was there like that in Toronto? Like, well, were there folks were you others that were like kind of the not the yeah. authority figures but like
4: yeah go ahead yeah well i grew up yeah yeah like i grew up where, where i grew up there was like like i'm going way back right there was like yeah. there was basically like two real three real areas in toronto that were really hip-hop based right and i grew up in one of the areas that were in the that was in the uh, east end right and um there was guys before me and i learned from guys before me and and Hip-hop back then was very, uh, you really represented your community a lot. Mm. You, re- you really represented your hood. You de- not like now where guys just represent themselves. Back then, you represented your hood. Yeah. And uh, people in your hood made sure things were straight before you came out. And if, you're, if you were straight, the whole hood would, would, would support you. And you, like that's, mm. I couldn't do anything I did without my hood. Yeah. Right? Because it was so expensive to do stuff back then. It was so expensive. Yeah. Right? right. I spent I spent hundreds of thousands of dollars back then doing stuff. Right. So um, I had my hood without my hood helping me out with that. I, I could not happen. Right. So you had the gatekeepers in, the, in in that sense, because you have to be good and you have to represent your hood properly if you're coming right. out. So in that yeah. sense, yeah, I had gatekeepers.
1: Yeah. 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 Totally. Uh, pro Pro IO, anything stick out to you?
0: I mean, I think that's dope, you know, because I, I think it's something that's missing today it's not yeah. it's not as big as it was you know what i mean like I O, I i think what was we like 90s and mid 90s when we yeah. were you know yeah. coming up and where you couldn't just jump in a cypher you know what i uh-huh. mean like you juice would kick you out the cypher if you didn't have the skills and exactly. <laughs> and most of the gatekeepers did you know and i think exactly it's missing to a degree today maybe um but then again part of me want to say too like When things evolve, you know, how necessary is it? You know what I mean? Or does it really, does it affect the evolution of, you know, where things are going today? I
2: don't know. I'm kind of split. I'm kind of glad that you said uh, evolution because we had an event that I can't, not me, but Her House had an event and Jeff was on the panel. It was like an old school versus new school. And I love what he said about evolution because that word came up. And Mm. it stuck with me, and I had to like write it in my, in my like my quote book. You know what I'm saying? So, I, I, you know, I like to hear, you know, what you like, your take on that word evolution, because you hear that a lot in rap music and hip hop. Yeah,
4: I hear it in sports. I hear it in everything. (laughs) And uh, my take on it, like like everybody, like. I'm not going to knock anything that happens today. Everything has to change. Things that don't change die, yeah. right? And that's just the way that the, the, uh, the world works. But evolution is not always a positive word, right? Mm. Evolution, evolution could be negative, right? Mm. Like ask the dinosaurs about evolution, right? They <laughs> turn into small little things, <laughs> right? Right. So it doesn't always affect people positively. So just mm. we, we can't evolve just for the sake of evolving. You mm. have to watch how we evolve, right?
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I love that. <laughs>
1: yeah that's such a strong point what are you what are you, what are you evolving You're, into into yeah yeah yeah
2: yeah
1: and what what what's like the guide you know yeah how do we ensure that we're evolving into something better
4: but but at the same time like like as as we pertain to hip-hop today like what's going on with these kids today it like i always say um people say well there's so much whack MCs and there's not good MCs and it's music so trash i'm like no 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 there was always whack MCs, right and mm-hmm. there was always trash music but um it's just a, a lot more of everything now and the yeah. good music is hard to find because it's so accessible music right. being able to make music is so accessible in our days if you had to make music you had to make sure you were good or somewhat had some sort of following before you made music because it was so expensive and so hard to make So it seemed like everything was good, but we were it. It it took a lot to make something to have something come out. Nowadays, it's so easy for things to come out. You can have a lot of crap with a lot of great. Yeah,
1: yeah. Think about you know your group Citizen Kane. In that in that respect, I'm sure that there were many other groups, many other artists, but Citizen Kane. You know, you all came onto the scene, did 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 some stuff, did some touring, did an album. What do you think it was about you and and Rob that that stuck to where you you know you were elevated in that way and you said you had the hood behind you? What do you think well, it was about you guys that you know made that well, success?
4: I, well, I um I was before like as you talk about gatekeeping right into this um I, I, I started out in the in the in the music industry as a dancer. I started dancing. And I was dancing for one of the top um, female hip hop artists up here called Mishimi. Me, mm. and we used to go. I used to go on tour with Mishimi Me all the time, and I was known as one of the top. I was probably one of the top dancers in the city, mm. and then everybody used to put me in their music videos. So before I started rapping, I was already kind of like a famous person in Toronto, right? right? People already knew me, so they were kind of waiting for my elevation, and my 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 me to evolve into an MC. Right. right. What they kind of didn't expect, what they didn't understand is that uh, I was very hooded, I was very street. Mm. Right. And but at that same time, that's what was kind of my appeal. Even when I was a dancer, I was so street. Right. I was so um, uh, hood based. Right. And music at that time out of Toronto, even like you're talking about late 80s, early 90s. Right. Music, rap was very clubbish. Like everybody, mm. the way the way people rap, they rap about partying. I rap better than you. I'm the best rapper. Blah blah blah. And when I was dropping, when I was dropping songs, I was talking about life. I came out of the camp of um, um the same camp of as Nas and Mob Deep, mm. right? But it's the Toronto sector because um Mob uh, Nas came out of, off of Main Source, and the two uh DJs from Main Source were from Toronto. From Toronto. And they're the, yeah. yeah, and those are the same two guys who brought me out. So I came with we had I had the same influence as the Queen Bridge guys who were doing stuff too, so I had that same vibe as them, right? Mm. So when I came out in Toronto, like every I had that that Queensbridge New York street hustle vibe, and everybody that wasn't that wasn't really being portrayed in Toronto,
1: yeah,
4: right? And I was actually I was I became that voice in Toronto.
1: That's really interesting. What went out to that album Deliverance?
4: Yeah. I actually
1: thought of Noriega. Yeah, I'm telling. That's you. really interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that you, you have that Queensbridge influence. Yeah. That's really interesting.
4: Yeah, he but Big Source produced uh, on my EP, my first album. They produced two, two songs on my on my first EP. Yeah, dope. So yeah. yeah I was dope. trained. I was trained by them and Mishy. Me, I was trained by the like like you say, Gatekeepers. I was trained by them. I came up under were, them and uh, they trained me.
1: Were you a dancer for the uh, Dream Warriors?
4: as Yeah, well? Dream Warriors. as Well, I oh. went on tour <laughs> with all of them. I, 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 w- I was everywhere. Like I started wow. choreogra- choreographing music videos. I started choreographing movies. Wow. I was I did movies with Jamie Foxx and all that kind of stuff back in the days. I where used to did, do all of that you, before I started rapping.
1: Where did your love or your passion or interest in dance come from?
4: It all it all is, all, uh, as I grew up in my hood and, and the way hip hop was back then, you did, yeah. a, you did everything. You just didn't mm. do one thing. Like I grabbed, right. I cut hair. I dance a lot of dancing. I like to dance a lot because you got girls dancing. Like <laughs> you went <laughs> right, to a club right. and you bust the move on the dance floor and all the girls want to be with you. Right. So right. that was my, really my motivation for dancing because you got a lot of girls and I was really good at it. So, and then, but that led me into everything. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Uh Francesca, anything on your mind that you wanted to? Ah!
3: I want Jeff to talk a little bit about uh, his his days as a barber because I think, like, telling mm. that I was re watching for your viewers who haven't checked out the documentary. Um, the documentary that features Citizen Kane is called Raising Kane. And uh, Mishi Me Mi talks a little bit in that documentary about when she first met Jeff um, and, and how he cut her hair. Uh, so I was wondering if Jeff could talk a little bit about that, um, and and how he got into that, and how he became known as the guy in Toronto that that got the that gave those hip hop haircuts.
4: Well, um, when I was young, right, I, I grew up like my, like, like I say, I grew up in, the, in a really bad neighborhood, and I was supposed to go to one uh, school around my neighborhood that was a really good school, and I was a really bad school, and I was supposed to and I but I chose to go to a really good school because I wanted education but as i went to this really good school in the in the, in the 80s they seemed they back then they would look at where you're from and they treated they treated me different so uh, in grade 7 in grade when i was 17 years old they they asked me to leave school so i left school and um i i i i embe- embezzled some money from my school <laughs> right and i and i opened up a barbershop what i used to do is uh, when i was a kid we used to always go to new york and I used to go to New York every summer. I spent the whole uh, summer in New York and i go to the barbershops and say, wow, man, look what they're doing in, in the barbershops in New York. And then i come back to Toronto and you got these old, old black men cutting your hair. And you're telling me, I, I want to fade. They're like, what the hell is that you want to do to your hair, that crazy stuff? So I started cutting my friends hair because we want to fade like those guys in New York and stuff in my basement. And then I got to the point when I was 17, I said, "I yeah, screw school. I'm going to open up my own barbershop. And I opened up my own barbershop at 17 and I started doing fades. And flat tops and it was the first time in Toronto anybody was seeing fades and flat tops right this is like 87 right and um I had guys coming from cities outside of the city just to get a haircut from me I had news coverage and I just started cutting everybody's hair and then then after that all the celebrities started coming and I started cutting their hair and then I met Missy Me because she used to come and get her haircut all the time and then um I was at a club and I was dancing Front of the girls and stuff, and she see me dancing, and she's like, "Oh, you a dance too?" And I'm like, "Yeah." <laughs> she goes, "Come on tour with me," and then that's <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I was really known for back in the days because I was a really young cat, and I was kind of mature for my age. I was really known for going to New York and coming back and bringing up, bringing back what's the latest thing happening in New York. Mm. There's no internet. There's no internet, so no one knows what's going on. You have to actually go down there and bring it back. So I used to bring back fashions. I used to bring back styles and. Ways yeah. to yeah, you. So I was like, so at, in Toronto, I was so ahead of my time compared to what was going on because I was all I spent the whole summers going to New York.
1: Yeah. So when did when did rhyming? So you're dancing, you're cutting hair, you're doing all the elements, all these cool things. Like when did rhyming kind of elevate for you and and move into the Citizen
4: Kane space? Oh, when I saw Michi, me Missy, me is like the queen of hip hop up here, man. Like she's mm. and she's regal when she did that. She's like like. I used to watch her. I used to like. We used to joke around when I'm on the street, but I used to watch Missy and, and the way she conducted herself on stage, and and I just thought it was wow, man. And I, and I was like, I could do this. I was, I was, I used to love English. I used to love mm. writing. I was, always, I love creative writing. And I said, yo, I could do this, and I could get a little bit deeper with it, and I could get a little more poetic with it, right? And I started, yeah. and I started writing. And here's the funny thing: when I started writing, is that. My grandfather always said, if you're gonna say something, make sure you say you, you say what you mean, and you don't just you, you don't just mm. jibber jabber, right? So I used to when I used to write down rhymes and I use words, I used to go look up the meaning of words, and 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 the meaning of phrases. If someone had a phrase, I would go, what what does this phrase mean? I go I used to look up the meaning. So mm. like, I I used to like look up the whole history of a word and stuff like that because I was always interested 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 in words, and so. It got me deep, writing deeper. And then I look up writers. I started looking up like, like Shakespeare and all these people. Mm. I started getting really deep with it. So I educated myself actually, even through black history and everything. I educated myself through rhyming. Wow. School didn't educate me. Rhyming educated.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, Almas, I feel like you've said something like that in the past. Hmm? I feel like you – are you there, Almas? Can you hear me? I feel like you mentioned in the past how hip hop was like your education, you know. Yeah, well, it was the schools weren't educating you.
2: Yeah, for sure. I thought you I mean, said that. Like, yeah. yeah, like especially when it came to like black history. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like knowing who I was, like definitely like the K R S ones, the poor righteous teachers, the you know what I'm saying, like Jungle Brothers, they filled in the gaps for me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah well, I, 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 my teachers at times like that's not true Christopher yeah. Columbus wasn't no hero he was a thief yeah. and he went all the <laughs> wrong way you know what I'm saying? that <laughs> that, edu- that
4: Edutainment album for krs Edut- one mm. changed yeah, changed sir. everything for me yeah changed
2: everything mm. yeah. absolutely <laughs> when so, he dropped yeah, that yeah can you it speak changed to-
1: everything same for me yeah you, yeah we, we all we love that album here can you speak on that a little bit what was it about that album
4: well it's the first time like I ever I even thought of uh, of black people in the bible right Mm. You see, I'm, I'm like I'm not like, an extremist or anything, but I consider myself a, a Black Israelite, right? Mm. And just the fact that the uh, um, thinking of the Bible as black changed my whole perception of of who we are and what we are. And, yeah. And then I, st- then you start thinking about that Egypt is black, right? Because all that in school is portrayed as white to you at back it's at not. least back in the, the 80s, right? Yeah. And then when I start realizing this history that I'm learning is a black history and not a white history like they're telling me. Edutainment kind of put me on to all of that stuff,
2: right? Mm. Yeah. yeah. I remember fresh. playing, why is that? My fo- my homeboy yeah. had a Suzuki. Mm. Yeah. And we used to ride all around bumping that joint, dog. Why is and that, People yeah. Looking like, yeah, what are you yeah. listening to? You, what you, you need to be listening to that's what we to. <laughs> you,
4: you, you know what really got me is what when he did the video and moses took the, the two
2: the, yeah the, the Ten commandments and he threw
4: it on the, the turntable.
2: Turn, wow yeah. man that was a wow <laughs>
4: moment man <You> know? <laughs> that yeah. was like, yo that's the and to this day i think that's the dopest scene in a rap video ever like yeah, for yeah. you sure. can't top that man <laughs> exactly yeah that was fine scene yeah, yeah, I love that album. Love's gonna me get too, you.
2: Man. I love that. Love's yeah. gonna get you. Yeah. Is dope that as hell. Whole Just the intro. Take the yeah. pillow from book. your head. Yeah. yeah, put a book in book. it. Like you know, yeah. say he went in on that album. We
1: got to sam- we got to sample that on your album, I Am Mas. Yeah. You that already know, bro.
4: <laughs> that changed everything for me. That changed yeah. everything for me. And I was like, I gotta go to New York. I gotta go down there. I gotta see what's going on. And then I start yeah. seeing like the Israelites talking on the street corners and the Muslims and. It just yeah. changed everything. My whole life changed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: that's dope. Can you can you uh, share with us how Citizen Kane uh, came about? How group well, came
4: about? Me and Rob, uh, we've been best friends since kindergarten. Okay. Wow. Right? Like, my whole hoop, my whole hood. We've been friends since we were little kids. Like so. Yeah. It, I, it, it's hard to say when it came about. We're all we're just who we always were, right? Right.
1: Sure. Sure. And
4: and Citizen Kane is not really just me and Rob, right? Citizen Kane is my whole hood. Right. It's kind of yeah. like I got the I got the concept because I, I when we went down when we went down to New York, I got to meet Guru and when he first started coming out and he said he was telling me Gangstar is not just me and premier, gangstar is my hood. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. And they, they, You gotta represent you. He told me you gotta represent your hood. So I citizen Kane is the same concept, it's my whole hood, right? And um we just started when Mishi when I saw Mishi doing what she said, I go, we gotta do it. And I went back to my hood and go, yo, man, we could do this. He goes, what are you talking My friend's like, what are you talking about? I go, we can do this. I go, we could do this. And my friend's like, I can't rap. I can't do this. I go, yo, <laughs> I got you. I'll write everything, man. We just need some beats. We'll just do it, man. <laughs> right? And we started doing it. And he goes, what are we going to call ourselves? And I'm a, I'm an avid movie fan, right? I, I watch movies constantly. And the greatest movie ever written was Citizen Kane. Oh, cool. And I said, we're going to call ourselves Citizen Kane. Go, that's the greatest movie ever written. A life's a movie. Mm. Life's a movie. And that's the greatest movie ever written. And we we're gonna call ourselves Citizen Kane, and he, and then we go yeah, and then and we got the concept of every song we write is gonna be named after a movie and la 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 and, <laughs> and
2: just, right, just right. build. <laughs> Yeah, so,
4: yeah. I left, I I left my, I, I got kicked out of my house when I was 17 years old, and I I had my wow. own apart, I had my own apartment. So we used to all hang out in my apartment when we come with the concept. So we hang out in my apartment, and a lot of a lot of crack was being cooked in the kitchen, and guns on the table. And we'd just be sitting there making beats, watching like Godfather mm-hmm. movies and writing rhymes. And it was like probably one of the most creative days of my life. Um, mm. And we would just sit there write rhymes. And I would just write, like, you're going to do this part, we're going to do this part, or we practice. And, and it, it just came about, it was just, it was just, it was just friends. Because we used to sit down and listen to albums anyways together in, the base, in my friend's basement. He was a DJ. We used to go in his basement and listen to albums, even when we were little kids. We used to all listen to all these albums in his basement. So we were always in that element as little kids. We just turned it into a group. Mm. It was just, a, yeah. again, a natural evolution into what we, what we became.
1: Yeah. I like this, like, reoccurring thing I'm hearing from you, how it's just, like, or, just organic,
4: you know? Yeah. Mm. Hip-hop I, I, is
1: just organic. Yeah, go ahead.
4: I never thought it would be a career or you can yeah. make money from this. I We right. were doing it because we always kind of did it. Right. You know what I mean? Like we were like, yo, let's rap. We're going to do this. We go on tour. We're going to, yeah. and we never thought we're going to be rich. I never, ever thought in my brain, I'm going to be rich. And that right. never clicked. I was like, yo, we could do this. We could do this for the rest of our life. We don't have to work. We could just rap. <laughs> right, right. Hip-hop, we could just be hip hop for the rest of our life. <laughs> that was the goal back then, just to be hip hop for the rest of your life. Yeah, Wasn't yeah. It to be rich. It was just to be hip hop. <laughs>
1: Did that goal ever change
4: for you? No, and I still am. My my kids yeah. are hip hop still. I mean, yeah. But I, I, when my when I had my when I had my boys, I um, I I moved close to my area where I grew up, and he went to. He, I made him go to the same schools we right across the street from our hood, and he grew up in the same element as me because I believe it's such a beautiful element. Even though it's mm. it's a hood, it's such a beautiful element. Most guys run away from it. I I run to it.
1: Hmm. Why is that? What what where, can you expand on that? I think that's a really dope.
4: Well, um, well, in my hood, um, I'm looked at as a positive, very positive, because um we were even though we were hustling, I was always going to the younger guys and even the guys my age are, and get them involved in music and say, Listen, man, we could we could, we could change this. We don't need to hustle mm. no more. We could use this music and change it. Right. And I always yeah. always had that that positive attitude in my hood that, yo, man, and I tell the young guy, stop hustling. I tell, I see these guys come out of prison and he go, man, you went to prison again? He go, yeah, I go, I go, I go, man, you ain't even good at being a, a, a criminal, man. You might as well just stop being a criminal, man. You're not even good at it. You keep on getting caught, right? <laughs> I go, you should start, you should start rapping, man. Start doing music. Start getting involved in this business. I go, you don't even just have to rap. You can manage, you could. you could do, if you know how to, if you know how to, to run, a gang you know how to manage a rap group i used to tell like so even now when i go back from my hood everybody greets me in a positive way even they always tell me to come back when they're shooting videos and stuff yo come be in my video come do this right because i'm always looked at as the positive figure right in the hood right so when i sent my my kid there it was a very safe area for him because everybody knew me and he knew my kid he was in a very safe area and i just believe that we got this negative um idea of of the ghetto but i for me there's a lot of guys working hard trying to raise their family. A lot of positive things happen for me in the ghetto. I had a very negative life with my in, in my family life, and it was hip hop that that if I if I didn't have hip hop, I would probably be in prison and in, in, in jail mm. or something like that. Yeah. Well, thank thank goodness for hip hop. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Dope. Saves a lot of people. People don't <laughs> realize. Yeah. yeah.
1: Uh, Francesca, profound, Almas, Anything you want to jump in with?
2: Yeah you you keep saying your hood like like I'm like I like I'm from Inglewood so mm-hmm. what like what's the name of your hood in Toronto My hood is called 400 Cuz you say you're from the East end right you're from it's the East called, end right It's called 400 It's called 400 okay, okay. I grew I am
4: I grew up my hood when I was a little little kid like I used to group, up uh it was right like the 70s it's kind of right after Vietnam I, there was a lot of guys even Canadians went to Vietnam right and they had a lot of guys come to Come back to the hood and raise the kids in the hood. And I had a lot of I seen a lot of guys um uh uh have that post postpartum or whatever from um Vietnam and go crazy on 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 the roofs with the guns and stuff. And then I had a lot, yeah, P.S.D. Yeah, that that's what it is. I seen a lot of that. I as a kid, I heard my neighbor kill himself and his whole family next next door to me, and um it was just a bad area, but there was so much positive things happening there. We had we had a biker gang there. We had a we had a Rastafarian gang there. And it was back in the 70s. This was really, gang culture was really big. That's another thing hip-hop did, right? It kind of got rid of the gang culture, in, at least in my area, right? Because gangs started turning into breakdance crews and rap groups and stuff like that, right? But it's called 400 East East End. It was uh, like one of the first hoods in, in Scarborough. It's called Scar- like. Toronto's b- broken into boroughs like New York, right? We have Scarborough, we have, we have uh, Etobicoke, we have North, North York, East York. There's different boroughs, right? And my hood was, the, was the, one of the main hoods in, in Scarborough. It was like one of the biggest hoods for back then. And we represented Scarborough. Dope, dope uh,
1: profound, or Francesca? Anything you want to chime in with?
0: I'm sitting here listening to the brother and I'm still just amazed at um, what hip hop really does, you know, and how hip hop brings people together and uh, speaking on the edutainment um, album, it just got me to thinking like I was an okay student in, in, in school. But when it came to KRS and and hip hop itself, like I was digging in the books. That was the only reason I had the autobiography of Malcolm X in Mm -hmm. in 1989 and 90 was because, you know, I was looking for it and Rakim would say Mm -hmm. stuff that would have me going and figuring out, like, you know, trying to figure out what he was talking about. But I'm just I'm just amazed at how that really pushed me to do that. Now, like I can't move without a dictionary. I don't even like to use the the online dictionary. I'd rather have I gotta have a physical, a physical dictionary to to, to open up and look at. And yeah. I have to credit all of that to hip hop. Not even you know I'm from the era where you, we was getting beat down with an extension cord in the house if your grades yeah. weren't together. Yeah. And okay. it did stop me, but for whatever reason, hip hop pushed me into you know a certain amount of books. Into a certain level of intelligence, period. You know what I mean. Exactly. And, and I push my children that same way. Like they ask me something, I'll be like, "Man, go look it up." Man. We'll talk about it after you look it up. Go look it up. Tell <laughs> hey, you, man. Hip- phone.
2: <laughs> I swear, like to piggyback off what you said, I'm telling you, man. Hip hop and black owned bookstores. Oh yeah. What kept me. You know what I mean. Like, and then the bookstore would have like an open mic. And then they would have building sessions. You know what I'm saying? Like you, we was always around like that type of culture where we was like, yo, let's build, man. And then you got the five percenters, then you had the five percenters, you know like, man. Yeah. yeah, like let's build, God. Like, you know what I'm saying? Then, yeah, it was just like, yeah, man, it was something electric about like just having a knowledge and the understanding of who you are, like coming into mm-hmm. an awareness, bro. And I, I just feel like that's missing today, bro. Especially in a,
4: especially in that era, right? Because we had we were being lied to so much in our education. We had no mm, understanding of who we are, right? And that exactly. and, and, and if you grew up in a broken home, like I grew yeah. up in a broken home where you're not wanted. Mm. And 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 then you don't know who you are as a as a people and you're not wanted in your home, it's right. just like you you're just wandering in life, right? Mm. And and Hip hop, like it just found me. <laughs> you know what I mean? It just found yeah. me and it directed me. And now I'm a father, raising my kids. And I would have never had it. Like I would have probably went and told my the, my partner who who I rap with. He's he's life in prison. I think I don't. He's, I think he's doing life in prison, or he's hiding man. out. Like I could have well, went that route, right? But man. I I he went this way. I went that way. He just yeah. never embraced it as much as I embraced it. Well, yeah. Right?
1: man well, well again thankful you embraced it man that's great
4: yeah <laughs> i'm, I'm yeah. thankful i embraced it <laughs> yeah yeah we,
1: we all are uh francesca anything you want to uh ask about
3: i wanted to um you know, one of the things that strikes me about like the canadian scene that is very different than the us is that a lot of hip-hop artists that come out of canada are largely independent artists, right? They, they don't really, they haven't had the same kind of opportunity that American hip hop artists have had to get signed to majors for one reason or the other. And um, so Spade is part of that long legacy or trajectory of hip hop artists that created their own independent, uh, their own independent pathway uh, through um, his particular record company. Uh, so I wanted to give him a, an opportunity to talk about, you know, he wasn't just an artist, right? He was a business person. Um, he was on the side of, you know, actually producing the material culture of hip hop uh, and and what that was like, right? What it was like fighting to be an independent artist in, in the Canadian marketplace. So just to give him an opportunity to talk about that, because he has a tremendous story where that's
4: concerned. You just want me to go into it?
3: <laughs> yes, I do. Yes, I do. I okay. want Launch
4: right into it. So the the what she what she's trying to get at, if it, it, it kind of hints to it in the documentary. But yeah, uh, what yeah, she's trying to get to at. Uh,
2: yeah.
4: When when I was when I was coming out, and I was telling you, I was talk I was talking more more about life and street stuff. Um, we were we were getting a lot of we were getting a lot of um attention because that epic album was was just drawing a lot of attention from a lot of people. So the label started calling us and wanted to work with us. And the one thing the labels didn't want us to do was 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 be that they didn't want us to be hood, right? So we were like I was having meetings with uh, I had meetings with Universal, uh, the president of Universal Canada, and he was basically telling me on the table like uh, uh, we don't like your material. It's kind of edgy. We don't like that. Uh, it's a little too black. It's a little too street. It's a little too ghetto. He goes, you think you could change it for more of a white audience so we could sell more records <laughs> he was telling me that at the table and i'm like well like how much he goes because i had my album done i was like here's my album Here, here's what i want to put out and he's like he goes i don't think this is going to sell it's too street it's too black and you only go for one crowd he goes i'm not really into it And i'm like you're like a 60 year old jewish guy you're not going to of course you're not going to be into it, right? It's not for you. I told him. And he's like, yeah, but it doesn't it doesn't make money. He goes, we want more. Of, we want something to get more. Of the white kids, you know, it's too ghetto. He goes, not, I don't even think there's real ghettos in here in Toronto, anyways. He told me, right. <laughs> he was just totally insulting me, right? And I was trying to keep my composure. And we asked him, how much records uh, do you think we could sell? And it's a thing called Ghetto Gold up here in Kent, in Toronto. And um, we and he told us uh, if you sell five thousand records by yourself, he goes, I'll sign you tomorrow. And he goes, five thousand records. He goes, Yeah. So we I uh, we spent all the money, we put it out ourselves and printed it ourselves and everything. And we put it out. Come to find out that they put a block of a, a block on us across Canada. He, nice. he, the record label, the record labels put a block on us. So we go only sell in our own province, which is like a state. We go only sell in our own state, right? Wow. And um not only that we can only sell in our own state, we have to be sold as an import in our own state. So while we're, we're competing with other artists who've been sold for like 12 bucks and I'm being sold for 26, 26 bucks, wow. right? This is, C, this is days of yeah. CD. So they're trying to sabotage. CD, 26. Yeah. yeah, they're trying to sabotage my whole movement here, right? And um, we do it and then we end up selling like, initially we end up selling 10,000 records. Wow! Only in only in Ontario, we're not even allowed to sell across Canada.
2: Whoa.
4: And then like, it goes goes up to twenty thousand, and we we, end, we go back to the meeting with him. We're like, Yo, man, we sold twenty grand. Let's, let's let's do this. And he goes, Nah, I don't think we should do this. It's not my it's not my my cup of tea. I, I still don't think you guys are going to sell records. And I, and I sold and I and I basically the top selling hip hip hop artist in Canada at the time independently. Yeah. That it, like it's 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 insane what I'm doing, Yeah. Like, and the labels are like, nah, it's still, and so they're signing all these 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 like um, really like Nickelodeon type of rappers and mm-hmm. <laughs> clean cut rappers and putting them in the putting them in the spotlight and they're, and they're just totally trying to hold me back. And not only that, they 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 said, but we'll kind of work with you. They kind of slide slide us a bit and they said, well, let's get in the studio and see what else you do. And they paid me to go in the studio. And I went in the studio and did records, and when I, and they, they they still don't want to work with me. So I went to go to when I had to go to other labels and ask them, okay, listen, let's I I can work with you. They said, well, because of the contract you signed with them, we're not allowed to deal with you. So they shelved me and they
2: wouldn't let me come out. It's so yeah, nice, man. man, that that whole what you saying? Because I live in Toronto now, and man, I feel it, bro, like when you come from a place like Chicago where everything is blackity black, 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 like, you yeah. said, and then you come here, it's like being in the back seat of a car and you can't stretch your legs out, bro. Yeah, it's horrible. Like mm. that, fun, is a, that, is, that is a great expression. bro. Like you, <laughs> Like, you know, my wife is Canadian, so sometimes, like, if something pop off, I'll respond. Like, a white person, like, it's been times where we've been in line and a white person, a step in front of us, like, we not even there. And I'm like, ho, 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 hold on. We was, yeah. st- we, was, we was here first. And my wife was like, no, just just let it go. Just let it go. I'm like, no, nah, I'm about, not about to let it go. We standing here. Like, you know what I'm saying? You can't do that here. It's to like speak- you can't. It's crazy, bro. Go ahead, Jeff.
4: My bad, bro. To speak on that, right, when all that was happening to me, i like, I'm a hood nigga, right? Yeah. I was, lo- I was losing it. I was losing it. A and our mm. guys would come and talk to me and go, yo, Jeff, uh, uh like guys had actually got their jobs because wow. I was I was taking guys off who, who, who I was taking guys who weren't who wanted just to be in the business. Like, come work with me, come work with me. And I was putting people on, right? Mm. And then they'd get onto a label and then I'd go to them, and go, Yo, what's going on? Why are you guys doing this to me? And they'd go, Yo, Jeff, you know how it is. And I would freaking I'd be draping up guys in clubs and, and, and like wow. and like award shows and I was I, I ran with a, a tough crowd and everybody was scared mm. people got scared of me and I was just like, you know what man like it got so stressful. I, I was almost breaking down I almost had a nervous breakdown. It got so stressful. Mm. I, I just said, you know what man I'm just gonna I'm just gonna have my sons and I'm just gonna raise my kids and I'm gonna have a normal yeah. life and I'm gonna make sure that they never have to go through anything I, I ever went through in my life <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I just walked away from it. My friends were going to prison my, my guys were got friends dying. Wow! I just walked yeah. away from. It. That's why I say I'm retired now. I don't do it anymore.
2: Yeah. It was so, such a. I, I, it was such I, I a. Would... Go, go ahead, bro. Uh, Sorry, it Jeff. was.
4: It, ahead, it was. It like coming from nothing and and building this all from nothing. Like I spent six hundred grand putting mm. out albums, and I, I like I could have bought a house, right? Like I could have yeah. bought all kind of stuff. I could have been a millionaire with us with the, with those things. I spent so much money trying to trying to jump their ropes. Yeah. yeah. Right. And to get a million dollar contract. I was doing I was headlining shows in New York. I was headlining shows in Cleveland. I was wow. traveling all over the world. I was I was I was selling records out in L.A. Wow. And they were and, and, and Toronto was just like, I don't know. I don't know. And know, was just like, I didn't understand it. I I, I broke yeah.
2: down. Man. Yeah. Broke down. Into,
4: <laughs>
3: to put it into like even greater like industry context. In Canada, we have something called CanCon, which is basically like a quota or percentage that's given prioritization to Canadian artists. So you have to meet a set of criteria that's part of what is called the Maple System, M-A-P-L, right? So things like your content has to be created by a Canadian artist. Uh, it has to be produced by a Canadian artist, written by a Canadian artist, uh, created or produced in a Canadian space. Like There's all these rules. And if you meet all of that criteria, then you qualify as part of the 30%. So this is already in place when Spade is, is making music, right? So even though that percentage is, is you know, working, right, to benefit Canadian artists, it doesn't it doesn't work here in his case so that's what makes the story of him being sold as an import in ontario so or like that's the province that we're from right uh, or the state using american language that's what makes the story so atrocious because he literally got blocked out of the market right he met all of that criteria and yet is still being sold as an import in his they, own country in his own they, city.
4: they literally tried to blackball me so i didn't succeed and I still succeeded ten folds. And then after I succeeded ten folds, they still wanted to act like I didn't succeed. So yeah. I live in a city. I live in a, a with. I live in a city where the in the underground market, I'm looked as a I'm looked as a folk hero, right? Mm. But in the industry, they act like I never existed, mm. right? Yeah. So,
3: <laughs> and I, and that's why that's like up. at the top of the at the top of the podcast, I mentioned like why I'm so passionate about getting Jeff's story out because yeah. he really is that folk hero, right? He really is that person that the industry continues to erase out of history. And, uh, you know, I've made it part of my initiative as a historian to make sure, and I and I have written about Jeff's story because I want people uh, in the Canadian history books to know who he is.
2: Yeah, I, I just, I just did a guest lecture, and they was like all the Canadian artists that I know. They leave. They. Leave. I was like, no. Nah, I say, like, y'all never heard of Citizen Kane? Y'all never heard of Jeff? Do-? Like, he ain't left. He's still here. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Never, never got heard into him it before. Yeah,
4: it's it, crazy. It's it, it crazy because at the time too, I was I was touring with Redman and and Master mm-hmm. A and, and Master Ace and.
1: Oh,
0: and, word.
4: Yeah, I was touring with some like awful Like I was I was touring with all kind of guys. I was doing shows for. I was opening up for. For uh um uh Ghostface and and Raekwon and nice. Boot Camp Click I was I was in the, mm. I was in the I was in that circles, right? Yeah. But the Canadian market, the American market loved me. Like I remember, I remember going down there and and talking to uh Evil D from Boot Camp, and he had all my records and stuff. And I was like, wow, you have all my records. But in my city, these guys are trying to stop me from being successful, right? And then they're 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 putting guys in place to uh. Uh, in, in front of me so I like, act like mm. I didn't exist there's one time um, I went Gangstar um, invited me to the record release party in Toronto I don't know if I told you this and um, I don't really like freestyling I'm not really a freestyler I like I'm a written ra- rapper right I, I yeah. can't get on the mic and I, kudos to anybody who could do that I can't do right. that. I'm a written rap- rapper right and and, 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 and and Google came up and he goes I want you to freestyle I want you to freestyle and I i okay I'll, I'll, I'll spit something I got it. I don't freestyle and, but I don't really like doing that, right? I like putting on, I like performing. I don't like freestyling, right? So he got all the Canadian rappers up on stage. This is the thing. He's going to, at his record, he's party in Toronto. He wanted to, to show all the Canadian rappers their stuff. So I'm on stage and he's, he's, he personally puts me up on stage. So I'm just waiting my turn. Rappers are rapping and I'm waiting my turn and and, and Guru comes up to me. He goes, oh, listen, man, this guy's going to rap, right? And then you're I'm going to give you the mic next. And there's this group called, um, uh, the circle, right. And there's a Cardinal official. You might not know, you might not heard of him, right. There's a guy named mm-hmm. Cardinal official, Jacques Claire and all these guys. And they're all like, they're all like suburban goody 2 goody shoe rappers. Right. <laughs> and, um, I'm like, yeah, yeah, cool. And, um, so guru, the guy finishes and guru gets the mic from the guy and he goes to turn towards me. Right. And this is the midst of everything happening to me right now. Right. And, uh, Cardinal grabs the mic out of Guru's hands and hands it to this guy. Oh. And the mic is almost to my face and he grabs it out of Guru's hand before he can hand it to me. So my hand is up and he's grabbing it out of my hand. You can picture that, right? He's grabbing it before he can touch my hand and he gives it to Shaw Claire, And then Shaw Claire turns to the mic and turns to me and he winks at me like, yeah. Right? And I'm like, livid, right? Mm. <laughs> so I, I walk up to his face on stage Right, and this is the middle of a gangster record release party, and I walk up to on stage. With him. He's holding the mic like this, and I walk him face to face. Them, and you can hear me over the mic. I'm like, "Yo, man, like, can I swear?
2: I'm yeah, okay you swear? with
4: you? Yeah, yeah, you go, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna fucking kick your fucking ass if you fucking look at me like that ever fucking again." I say that through the mic, and it comes over the <laughs> mic over the speakers, right? <laughs> <laughs> and then I walk off stage and let him do his thing, right? And this is just give you an insight how it is, right? Yeah. And then. He proceeds to start rhyming, and he starts saying stuff towards me, saying, oh, you can't touch me. You think you're this. You think you're that. You can't touch me, right? I'm really kind of there. I'm there with myself and a girl. I'm not really with my crew, and he's with his whole crew, right?
1: Yeah.
4: I flip out. I part the whole crowd. I walk through the center of the floor, and I part the whole crowd, and I jump on stage, and I grab Chocolare, and I pick him up, and I throw him into DJ premiere. (laughs) he goes flying in the dj premiere the whole turntables, everything goes flying oh my gosh and i'm and this whole crew is on stage with him and i'm like i'm like what are you guys gonna do what are you guys gonna do what i'm here what are you gonna do right and because i was such a full hero back then the whole crowd jumped on stage with me instead of jumping on them wow wow and i just turned around and walked off stage that's and that great. gives you an idea how I was up here. Wow.
1: <laughs> Do you ever talk to the newer after that?
4: Wow. No, no. I, I was soon, soon after I was out of the... <laughs> I, that's the
3: first time I ever heard that story. You yeah. never heard that story, Steve.
4: So. Yeah. There's wow. more stories like that. Like, I, I, was, I was flipping out because these guys were... The, the labels were putting these guys ahead of me.
3: Yeah. Right? yeah.
4: And they were, they were not proven. I was outselling all of them. Right. And the labels were constantly putting them in front of me, and television was putting them in front of me, and I was outselling all of them, and it was just so frustrating. I was breaking yeah. down. I got, I got to the point. I, like, I got to
2: just, I got to just stop. I got to get out of here. And yeah, you and may I mean, me you're... not even like them dudes no more, man. <laughs> so, <laughs> you're putting, I mean,
1: you're putting so much money, time, resources, all the relationships that and, and, have supported and, you, all that into it.
4: And the worst of it is that, uh, as I look at it, I'm, I, I was authentic. Yeah, like these yeah. guys were just like wannabes, yeah. right? Like you, you can always tell a wannabe rapper, right? Yeah. I, I'm not saying you have mm. to be from the hood, right? But you can always tell a wannabe, right? Yeah. The guy's yeah. name was Shaw Claire, and he was playing like he was the lady's lover, right? And mm. it, was just, it was so whack, right? To me, to me, I know I, I, I never say that too much, but to me, it was so whack. And I was just like, these guys are not authentic. And I'm so authentic that yeah. you guys are smiling your face standing in the way of another black man and happy about it. I don't know how you guys can live with yourselves. Mm. I was so pissed. Yeah,
1: (laughs) Rightfully so. Yeah. Yeah,
4: So like I had a lot of episodes like that and I just had to walk away from the industry. Yeah.
1: Francesca, you said you you've written about this and Spade's story. Is that published somewhere where people can can buy it or go check it out?
3: It's part of uh, the Journal of Canadian History. So like I said, I made it my goal. To mm-hmm. tell the story in a forum where academics can read it and eventually, you know, uh, God willing, it's going to it's going to drip into Canadian history textbooks. No, um, I'm happy to share that with, with the, the team here. Yeah. Uh, the article is called uh, We Don't Have Those American Problems. And it's really about the history of anti-blackness in the Canadian rap music marketplace. Mm. And Jeff is, Jeff's story is one of the stories among many of how black artists and hip hop artists more specifically get treated in Canada. One of the most prevalent questions that a lot of people ask, um, you know, whether it's in the interviews that I have with them or just generally in conversation, is why it is that Canada doesn't have a hip hop industry that's akin to the United States. And uh, I make the case as a historian that it is because of the, the way that black artists have been historically treated in Canada.
2: Mm, that's just,
3: not yeah. given proper due and credit and certainly isn't financially supported in anywhere uh, at anywhere near the level that it should be, especially given that hip hop is now an international, it's a worldwide global commodity, right? And so the rationalization that's always played out in Canada is that, you know, and as Jeff mentioned, there was this logic at these labels uh, that hip hop wouldn't sell, which is completely un- untrue. There was a logic that people weren't listening to hip-hop outside of the local communities that was created in, also untrue, right? Right. So part of what I've tried to do as a historian is to basically lift the veil on these logics that were completely rooted in falsehoods and to tell the stories of these artists who really labored and labored really, you know, in in a really laborious kind of way um, to get their music out. And, you know, um, there's other important names, you know, that that really go uh, unrecognized, people like Michelle Geister, uh, who I really think people need to know her name. She's constantly erased out of the history of um, music video, history in Canada, hip hop history in Canada, at the level of, in, in Canada we have, um, our MTV is called Much Music, and Michelle Geister was a huge name behind that. She was one of the people who was, so important to getting visibility across the country, and of course, much music was um, being telecast in all kinds of international markets as well. So people tend, uh, you know, to give flowers to people like Master T, rightfully so, because he was at Much Music. But they don't talk about Michelle Geister in much the mm-hmm. way that people don't talk about Spade. So it's it's again my goal to make sure all these names, especially those that have been erased, come back to the surface.
2: Yeah. But I think that's in. I think that's intentional because we had Brother Jay on, and even in the academy, you know, like when reading these like academic articles, they always talk about the Kanyes, the Kendricks, the. But you never hear them write about the brand Nubians, the poor righteous yeah. teachers. The you never that's hear right. them. You know what I mean, X clan. You never hear them write about none of that and that's the reason why I got into the academy cuz I was like yo I got to change that bro so me and my my mission and francesca's mission is very similar cuz I'm tired of hearing the same dudes but like brother jay said the academy you know the academy uh feeds off the industry and the industry feeds off they work together you know what I'm saying so they only mention those that that they they collaborate with, or who they who they vibe with, and those that's doing real and those that's authentic, they get erased out of their history, and yeah. that got to change, man. That has to change, bro. That has to change. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah. So, Spay, were you about to jump in with something?
4: Yeah, I was just saying, like, it, it, like to me, it's a it's very apparent, right? Like, because when I say, um, when they when when they when I'm talking about how they not work, they don't want to work with me. Yeah, it, people have the perception that I wasn't really doing stuff, but I was doing like um, uh, talk shows on television. They had me on talk shows. I was doing uh, sports shows, like you know, how you have uh, TNT. I was, I was. They would have, they would have me on the Canadian talk, uh, sports shows as a, as a guest speaker. I was, I was everywhere. I wasn't like I was a small time mm. artist. I was doing big, really big things. I was a two time Juno nominee which is basically like the, the Music Awards in the States, equivalent of the Music Awards in the States, I was nominated twice for my albums, right? I was, I was a big-time artist that they just didn't want to be big-time. They just said, no, we mm. can't have this image shown to the world. They didn't want right. my image shown to the world. And it's just like and, – and the funny thing is, too, is I'm, I, I was a very lyrical person. Like, I, was, I, I would talk very educated stuff. It wasn't like I was spewing, I'm going to kill you, I'm going to kill you. That's not how I right. rap. That's not how I rap. I was, I was, I'm educational. I was, I, if I talk about the street, I talk about it in an educational fashion. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but they, they just, they just didn't want my image at all. They want to, they want make it, they want to make the world think that everything's hunky dory in Canada.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Man, it's messed up. It's not. <laughs> it hey, not.
1: Be, before we move on um, to celebrating some, some hip hop uh, that we all love, I did want to ask, The album that you did with Citizen Kane, Deliverance, I think Mm. is a a really, really dope album. I know a lot of people love that album. Can you, as you were talking about earlier, and how you sold, you know, so many thousands of albums, but then the label was like blocking you? Can you place that album, Deliverance, like in that story? Where where does that album fall?
4: The album Deliverance was the album I approached them with, and they said it wasn't good enough. Mm, and then, I, the then I put it out, and it sold all these. That's the album that sold all the, all these records. And it's a funny thing too, because I they put me back in the studio, and I did two albums worth of material. Wow. And then uh, I quit without putting it back out. Wow. So uh, if you ever go on uh, uh, YouTube and you look up uh, Citizen Kane, Scar Town, unre- unreleased classics, it's my double. It's a double album of stuff. It's not even mixed Master. and it's the wow. album. That it's it's my it's the other album after this album that I, two more albums I was supposed to put out. I was a workhorse. I was like Puck. I was in the studio every okay. all the time, right? And and to me, even when I listened to that album, that album was like ten or twenty years ahead of its time. It, it's probably one of the greatest works I've ever done in my life, and mm-hmm. it never got to come out. So even I love Deliverance. I think Deliverance is amazing. I, 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 epic. I love it. But the unreleased classics to me is just like this is uh like there's a work of art that never ever came out. And it's like, it's the deepest stuff. Like I got songs that talk about so much stuff. (laughs) And and I never, and and I just look at it like, yo, it, it, to me personally, I think that the fact that they held me back set Canadian music back 10 years. Mm. We we Mm -hmm. had to wait till Drake came out to get back on our feet. I believe that if they put me up, this is just my belief. Like people could say, no, no, no. But right. I believe if, if they would have put me out, the effect Drake would have had on the industry. I'm not saying I would have been the biggest Drake, but we would have had that outcast effect, that, yeah, yeah. that NWA effect right. for, for Canada. And they held that back, right? And so they set, holding me back, set Canadian uh, rap music back 10 years. Mm. Right, because I was so like I was so I was very artistic. I, my second album, I wrote it, and here's a here's a crazy thing about my second album that I wrote. I wrote it as an animated movie, right? Mm. So I wanted it to be an animated movie. So I'm an artist, right? So I, I drew all the characters. I wrote the movie. I did the album. It's supposed to be an animated movie that I was gonna put out for my second for that second album. And just imagine, this it, the, yeah, just imagine in like 2001 a hip hop animated movie. Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna do that. And they were just like they were like, No, we don't see it. I don't understand.
1: (laughs) That's That's terrible, man. I I wish it would have happened.
3: The point that people have to I I think really like sit with in in the context of Canada is that that's how deep the racism and the discrimination Mm. of hip hop is in Canada, right? That they they let that not just
2: hip hop either. Yeah, Yeah, but just just Canada. Just yeah,
3: in yeah. <laughs> this racial haven, right? But
2: yeah. you know,
3: that's just how deep it runs. That they would put, they would literally block, in terms of a marketplace, they would block the profitability of what would become the largest cultural export coming out of North America. They blocked that all because they didn't want the voices of young black youth, black youth, right? That's just. And and that's one of the key arguments that I make about the Canadian hip-hop scene, uh, that a lot of people think it's because there weren't resources or because there wasn't talent. All of that's a falsehood. There was incredible talent, and and people were generating their own resources. I mean, this is, like, one of the largest independent markets, far, far larger probably than the U.S. So just some things to pause on, to think about, right? And I think Spade's story is really... Like the linchpin in in making that argument really crystal clear.
2: Mm. What so? Uh, this is a question for Francesca and 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 Jeff. What do you think it's going to take to change? And I I'm not even talking about hip hop. I'm just talking about in general. Like, what do you think it's going to take? Because you even see it within TDSB schools. You know, what I'm saying like me having conversations with black students and the things that they have to go through still. Uh, you know what I mean, so what do you think it's going to take for that anti-black like this, that whole uh, aura? What do you think it's going
4: to take to change that here? I, I'm kind of dealing with it with, uh, with basketball, right? My son, mm-hmm. my son is one of the top point guards in, um, in, in, in Canada. And he's about to travel to Indiana for, for, um, an, an AU tournament next weekend. Right. But, um, he had, we, we what, a guy I work with, his name is Vidal Masai, he's what he has he had, he had, um he had eight of his players in the, in the, in the March Madness tournament from up here, right? Mm-hmm. He has, he has he, uh, he has, he has, he has pro players in the NBA and he hooked up with a school up here in Toronto. Uh, it's called Bill Crothers. Bill Cruthers up here in Toronto is a school that's built just for athletes. It's an athletic school. The, the, the whole school is made. For, for an athlete lifestyle. It, that it, no one doesn't go to that school except for athletes. Right. right. And, and some of them are pro, Some of them are NHL players. Some of them are, um, hockey, are soccer players, whatever, whatever. They gear your school around your athleticism, right? So the, they, they, asked, they asked Vidal to come and coach and, and, and build their basketball program there. And he went there to build his basketball program. And he didn't want – the first year he came in there, he took, the, he took his team to the finals, and he lost in the finals. First year building the basketball program there, he takes him to the finals. All the whole starting five lineup go to D1 schools, right? The next that summer, they told him they got to part ways with him because they don't like how he's operating. And they he tells goes, "You're selling these black, you're selling these white people telling them you're selling these black kids false dreams. You're not doing anything for them. We 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 it, we want we wanted, we want to take the basketball program away from you." He goes, We don't want you to contact the students no more. Every every basketball player he brought that was there, he brought himself. He goes. We want to keep your players, and you gotta you gotta get away from me. No contact with the players. He they bas- they basically try to shun him out. This is a guy who comes to your program, takes your team to the finals, and puts five black kids in D one schools. And he's try and, and you have the white the the white education the soup whatever you call the principals and everybody tell them that. You're not, doing good to, you're not doing a good thing for black kids.
2: Yeah, that's crazy, bro. So what he That's to do, full ride, too. That's full ride. Yeah, they don't have to ride, pay for it. Ride. That's full ride. Yeah, full ride. Full ride. So,
4: so he, what he had to do this year is that he had to uh, create his own private school. To mm. have a, a, a prep team. So he built his own gym with his own money. Built his own gym. Created his own private prep team. And because of the he he wasn't actually um, Toronto's uh, school board, the kids have to stay in Bill Cruthers and play for his team. Oh, and that, and and my son played for his team. My son went to the final four, which my son is grade eleven, which is grade ten in the states. And he and there, so there's seniors and there's fifth years that he's playing with. So there's he's he's 16 playing against 18, 19 year olds, some 20 year olds. And his team went to the final four. My son was like one of the top players in the in the league, right? And Bill Crothers try to they try to have a team and their team flop without him. Mm. This guy's one of the greatest trainers in Toronto. And you have the Toronto school boards just trying to shut him down. It's terrible.
2: Wow. And he's a black man.
4: He's a black man. But he's highly successful because he doesn't really deal with, he has to deal with the schools when they're in high school, but he's dealing with getting guys to the NBA. So he deals with a lot of D1 schools and Mm. he he deals with a lot of NBA programs. So he looks at them like he, regardless of what you do, I'm a. These kids are going to D1s. These kids are going yeah, to. So. <laughs>
2: so, so what? What? So sp- staying on that, what? What was Jamal? Because I know Jamal Murray's father is a trainer, right? He trained. Yeah. Yeah. He trained. Is he in Toronto or is he GTA? He's just, is he he's just he's just outside of Toronto. He's in Ontario, okay. which is okay. basically like
4: okay. the state. Right. 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 But it, we, right, all, right. we all we all we all go through it. We all go through it. Okay. We all go through it. It's it's kids oh. are being successful in basketball in Toronto despite right. what is happening to them, and it's like oh, right. like like with music, with everything, like even Drake. Like people talk about Drake, who is clean cut, but Drake. I remember watching Drake when he first was trying to get on, and he was standing outside of clubs, and no one was, no one wanted to do anything with him. No, one, everybody was oh. walking by him, no one paid oh. any him any attention, and then it, it wasn't until he went to the states and Young Money and, 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 and those guys started yeah. dealing with it. Yeah. And then after he became successful, Toronto's like, oh, he's from Toronto. And it's like, mm. you guys are, you guys gonna do nothing for him. It's just, it's wow. just, just the way it is. It's, it's, like, it's we have, the same we as the kind of, bro. Yeah, we have yeah, to leave. It's
2: the same as, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we have
4: to leave to be successful. And it's a, it's a sad thing because at the time I was doing music, I never wanted to leave because I had a daughter. And I go, I'm not leaving my daughter. I'm not leaving yeah. my daughter to be raised by a mom. Like, I was raised in a, such a bad situation. I'm not. I'm not doing that to my daughter. My daughter's gonna have a father. I never. I know. I don't know my father, so I oh, wow. I refused to leave. And they because I wouldn't leave. I I they I have to run into this whole whole problem.
1: Yeah. Well, props to you for standing for your daughter, man. That's dope. Yeah. Now, now, yeah.
4: Now 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 she's married, and I have two grandkids. And oh, that nice. <laughs> That's lovely. So it's, it's, it's a it's a lovely ending. And you and you coach basketball, right? Yeah, I coach. I've been coaching my son since he was since he was a little kid. He was he was born with a basketball in his hand. My sister was a two scholarship athlete. Both of my older brothers were um, champion mm. boxers in Canada. So I come from an athletic family. I was a baller. I used to go to when I said I used to go to New York. I used to go to New York. Go 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 to anything involved in hip hop, and I used to uh, um, go 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 play street ball all the time. Mm. But if you guys have time, another funny story. Yeah. I must have been like, uh, I can't remember, it must have been 18, 19, I was in New York and we went to Manhattan, at, at nighttime. we went to Manhattan, we go, yo, we can go to Manhattan, I might, I might have been in my 20s, and we're outside the club, I think it was Funhouse, and we were like, we want to go in this club because um, Andre the Giant and A.G. are performing, mm. and we're like, yo, I got to get in this club, we got to get in this club, there's like five of us from Toronto, we're like, we're just, teenagers are just a little bit older than teenagers, I can't totally remember, right? And we're like, how are we going to get in this club? It's packed outside. And this guy comes walking over to me and goes, you guys, you guys want to go in? I goes, yeah, we want to go in. He goes, OK, listen, give me 20 bucks. And when I go in, you you follow. And I said, we gave him 20 bucks. And we're like, I hope this guy doesn't rip us off. So he goes, OK, now. And then we go to the door and we walk in. And when we're walking in with his whole crew, there must have been 30 dudes. And we're walking in and we're not even going through the, the metal detector. We're going around the metal detector in my head, Right. <laughs> And then we're inside. We go, yo, yo, we're in. And then I'm partying with these guys. They're from the Bronx. I'm like, yo, we are partying with these guys. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they're champagne. It's the first time I've ever seen people drinking champagne in the club. I'm like, yo, champagne in the club. Right? We're in the club. <laughs> and then the guy who's, the guy who, let us, who, who I gave the money to and everything, we look on stage and then um, Andre the Giant is introducing him. And it's Fat Joe.
2: <laughs> yo, and he starts rapping
4: on stage, and he just come out with his song. Hey, yo, you gotta let him know, Joe. You gotta let him know. And wow. we're like, oh that's the guy who let us in this back. <laughs> the
2: that's, dope. that's dope. So I that was, I was,
4: I was experiencing a lot of stuff in New York at the time, right? Like, yeah. you
2: know,
4: I had a different mindset in Toronto because I was, I had this New York experience all the time, right? <laughs> did you, did you, did you have,
2: you have family in New York? That's how you, yeah, I have family in, in Flatbush. So. Mm.
4: So we go like I like when I say I go to New York, like I would not it's not just for a week or two. Whole yeah. a whole summer. We mm, stayed wow. New York for the whole summer and we go to everything. I'd go to any concerts, parties, everything. Right. Just trying to experience the culture. And it's like like once I found hip hop, I, I fell in love, man. It's <laughs>
1: That's dope. That's dope. Uh any any final questions from the crew tonight?
2: No, nah, I'm good. This was great, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, this was good, man. No doubt. Word, um,
1: so. Cool, cool. Well, listen, the, the last thing that we like to do, uh, second or last thing, is uh we like to celebrate some of the albums that uh, we know you like, uh know you love. Uh-huh. So uh, we're gonna play a little, little game of sorts, uh kind of a storytelling game tonight. I'm gonna I'm gonna show you two uh separate albums. And uh if you can just you know take them in for a moment. And, and if, anything to, if anything comes if anything comes to your mind I'll, I'll say the titles too if yep. anything comes to your mind, any stories any memories of either album or both album or the group whatever uh you can you know share those stories with us tonight all right sound good yeah all right all right first two to help you uh spark some memories, we got the infamous mob deep, and
4: then their follow up hell on earth yep. mob yeah, uh. I think P is one of the greatest rappers that ever walked this planet.
3: Mm. He's
4: he's the master of simplicity, which yeah. people underestimate. Everybody's trying to be complex, and he's the master of simplicity, straight yeah. to the point. Uh, sh- changed everything for me too. Like like it, it it uh just the fire behind their words, and 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 the melodic the, like just the way their music was just amazing to me. The production's amazing to me. I used I used actually one of the producers named Product. He did some he did some songs for me on my. On that uh double album. Yeah, this mm. that's my group right there.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Do you did you ever get into those uh debates on which album is better these two?
4: No, I don't do that. Yeah, good. I like no, that I don't do that. You, you I, couldn't have you couldn't have one without the other.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I feel like this is one, one of the best one, two, two runs in hip albums are just so uh,
4: hey man, I just think the whole run was like 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 even uh even a piece single. His, his, his single project was off the hook. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah that Keep It Thorough, yeah, is one of my favorite beats of all time. All right. Two, maybe not the first albums you think of when you think of this artist, but I'm just curious to know your thoughts on this or if they bring back any memories. This is uh, God's Son
4: yeah.
1: by Nas yeah. and Streets Disciple
4: by Nas. Yeah. They're not my favorite works. But anything Nas touches lips on is is amazing. Is a, is a work of art to me. They're not my favorites. I, lo- I love them though. I listen to them all the time. I listen to Nas anytime, man. Um, me, I'm a, I'm more of an Illmatic, uh, uh and, and, yeah. a, and and a Stillmatic. I think Stillmatic is one of even though everybody loves it, I still think it's underappreciated.
1: Yeah, yeah. Stillmatic.
4: Yeah, like yeah. Uh, the song Poison is is mm. is insane. is ingenious. Yeah, that's. What we're up for. No, no, no. Sorry, I'm going off. I'm going off topic for you. No, you're good. You're good. No, it's
1: all good. It's just, this is why we we celebrating these artists and these albums, man. It's all good. It's all good. All right, the last two of the night. To me, I'm saving the best for last. But you know, you may you may think differently. All right, last two here. We have Daily Operation by Star. Oh God. And Hard to Earn by Gang Starr. Ah. <sighs>
4: what are you doing to me? <laughs> why are we doing this? Why are we, why don't you just put like, uh, Holly Berry and, and me along. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to say, man. Like guru is a master, man. Like yeah. premier is a freaking architect. Like, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I actually, the first time I met him was at much music. Michelle mm. Geist, Michelle Geist introduced me yeah. to him. I spent the day with him, and he's just such a, a chill, a chill, a chill brother, man, and mm. very insightful. He educated me on a lot of stuff, man. Like, yeah. he's a master. I, I look at him as a master, like just a master. Like, he he might not like. He's the guy who 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 showed me that your flow doesn't have to be like po- totally. On point and rhythmic. It doesn't have to be, right? It's right. what you're saying is more important than anything, right? Because if you look if if you were to like if if, if you look at guru if guru to, was out today and rapping the way he was today, a lot of guys go, ah, right? You never heard him to go, ah. But right. that was part of it, that was part of the the, the sound and the ingenious of guru was, is just the way he delivered his delivery, Was just yeah. you just you, you just you have to stop and listen to him. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Most love of it. the voice, yeah. I love like like those albums. Like I'm not a I'm not a type of guy to say this album's better than that album. This album's yeah. better than that album. I, I don't really like doing that. It's it's all I like to listen to them. It's all part of the growth, right? Everybody goes. Illmatic is a great. It's probably Nas's great album, but I'll tell you, uh, it was written as mm. probably almost is, is probably just as good as Illmatic, right? Like you know what I mean. So it's yeah. like it's hard for me to, to to decide. I can't pick between between um. Rock M and Nas, I can't pick between right. Rock M and Kooji cool rap. One of my favorite rappers of all time is uh, Melly Mel. Mm. I couldn't pick between Rock M and Melly Mel. Melly Mel is right. a genius, yeah. right? And you could, you wouldn't have Rock M without Melly Mel. You wouldn't have Nas without Rockem. How you, right. how, you, how you pick between them?
1: No doubt, no doubt, and that's good it's, it's, to me. It's like good evolution, right there. You know, it's,
4: it's evolving to something great. Um, now, now, if you're talking basketball, you want to talk Jordan and LeBron. I'm gonna go Jordan all day. (laughs) Uh, All day. Chicago. Chicago
1: All day. All day,
2: bro. Not even close. Not even close. Not even close. Not even even (laughs) the same universe.
1: Yo, y'all know Wild Child from the Loot Pack? Uh, Know this group?
4: I think I do. It sounds familiar. Yeah.
1: So Mad, Lib, Mad Libs group, the Loot Pack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah. put out. A, yeah, yeah. So anyway, uh, but Wild Child solo MC. He's he's done some some dope stuff through the years. He just put out an album, and I think it's his son. He has a song on his album with his son, and his son is arguing that LeBron is the greatest of
4: all time, okay. and of course
1: Wild Child's arguing that you know Michael Jordan is it's the greatest. Not a debate. So it's a great great song. Uh,
4: before we leave I, on this topic, on this topic, I, I had a great statement. Okay. The NBA today, see NBA today, how great LeBron is, and Steph Curry, and Kevin Durant. Okay, let's say John Morant, right? What if John Morant was to take that team he has today, and three-peat a championship with that team, hmm. right? And then come and then come back and three-peat again. Yeah, you'd be calling him a, a you'd be calling him a greater player than LeBron, right? Oh so, yeah, right. So the equivalent of Jordan doing that because. Because LeBron is basically Magic Johnson. Steph Curry is basically Larry Bird. Mm -hmm. Right? Kevin Durant is is basically Larry Nance. Right? Uh, Or George Gervin. Or George Gervin. Gervin. Right? So Jordan, you have to understand what Jordan did. Right? LeBron, he never did that. He never took a team out of the out of the gutter and and brought them into like glory. Glory. (laughs) That's the only debate of the GOAT. The only reason why yeah. Wilt is not called the goat cuz he couldn't do it. The only reason why Wilt um uh Kareem is not called the goat cuz he couldn't do it. Right? Yeah. The only reason we call Joe Jordan the goat is cuz he took a team out of obs- obscurity and he brought them into the to be one of the greatest teams of all times. Yeah. That is yeah. the hardest thing to do in basketball.
2: Yeah.
4: That's the hardest and thing. He, to do.
2: And he retired, went and played baseball. That's crazy. And came back and did it again, bro. Yeah. Isn't so that I, wild? I, I Jordan um
4: LeBron failed in that. He couldn't do yeah. it. He couldn't yeah. bring his calves to that. He had to leave. He had to join up. Just like yeah. Karim had to join up. Just like Wilt had to join up. He had yeah. to. He couldn't do what Jordan did. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Every other argument doesn't matter. Because that's the yeah. argument. <laughs> yeah, know, pre-
2: yeah, sorry, go ahead, Till. My bad. My bad. I, was just, I
1: think you're preaching to the choir in this group. So
4: no, I'm just oh, saying, yeah, like but yeah, when, yeah. when people argue. <laughs> oh, he's a better pass. He's a better, he's a better. It doesn't matter what he's better at. The end result that- matters, right? You understand? Right. Like, like if, if, you, if you're a restaurant, you have 25 dishes, and I have five dishes. You're 20, you might have 25 dishes that are all mediocre, and I have five dishes that are banging. I'm a better restaurant, right? I don't have to be an all round player, right? If I have six, about two, three peats, I'm better. My end result is better. My game yeah. plan
2: worked, yours didn't. <laughs> right. And, and Jordan, Jordan just got a different level of dog in him, bro, that yeah. LeBron yeah. just don't have, bro. Yeah. Like yeah. Jordan to put the whole team on his back. I'm winning well, this game. I'm winning well, this to, series.
4: Like To win to win scoring and to win defense at the same at the same year just shows you how dominant of a player. Facts. Is. Say that again, <laughs> <in> Spade. Facts. <laughs> But I could go on forever about Jordan and, and LeBron. And I think LeBron's amazing. I, I yeah. coach basketball. I, I show people what LeBron's doing. I think he's an, an, uh, a basketball genius. Yeah. He, he just ain't Jordan. Yeah, yeah. No.
1: And he doesn't have to be, you know. that's the, I mean, these debates are fun. Same in hip, hip-hop debates. I mean, they're fun to yeah. have. But yeah. at the end of the day, not everyone needs to be a Jordan, you know. Not everyone needs to be a Nas. It's all good, you know. Yeah. We can celebrate everyone.
4: There so. only could be one.
1: There can only be one. That's right. Yeah. No <laughs> doubt. No doubt. Well, listen, Spade, man, uh, the, the way we sign off uh, is uh, we do shout outs uh, on the hip hop, uh, the boom bap chat since it's a hip hop show. So we'll go around a circle. I'll let you go last with your shout outs and uh, that'll take us out of there. So. Um, we'll start with profound profound who do you want to shout out tonight my man man i'm gonna keep it short man we shouting out the profound six as usual the boom bap chat
0: crew and definitely brother spade man it's an honor to meet you man i didn't know you before tonight but i know a lot about you and i was cheating because this deliverance album is absolutely crazy canada y'all crazy if y'all didn't sign this man i don't know what y'all doing but uh man i'm glad to know you now and I'm going to keep pushing it forward, too, man, because this is absolutely incredible, man. I'm so honored to meet you, bro.
1: Right on. Thanks, Profan. Ayo Mas.
2: Man, shout out Chicago. Shout out Toronto. Shout out Boom Bap Chat Brothers. Um, Francesca being here, my sister. And shout out to Jeff, man. Much respect to you, bro. Like, for real. Uh, Thank you for taking the time to come through and, like, sharing your stories and, like, You know what I'm saying? I'm I'm definitely gonna work with Francesca to make sure your name ring out, bro, because you you definitely deserve the props. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of these artists are standing on your shoulders and the work that you did. So salute to you and respect, man. Thank you for taking the time to come through. man. Salute for real. Thank
1: you. I'm following you. I want to also shout out Francesca. Thank you for being here and uh, thank you for the work. Uh, that you're doing is very important work and we really, really appreciate it. Uh, thank you for making this night happen. So shout out to you and uh, Spade. Shout out to you, man. Uh, you know, echo my brothers that, you know, just appreciate you um, and you know, your legacy. And what I heard a lot of tonight was just like, you know, in the midst of like all this terrible stuff, all this, these crazy things, all just, just evil, really like you responded and you responded well. You know, it just sounds like you make good decisions in the face of like, you know, all this adversity when you you know, you know talked about, like, you're just like really feeling it and about to go crazy. Like you, you made some good steps and it sounds like you, you know, you made some decisions that were really healthy decisions for yourself and for your family. And, you know, that's just, you know, something we get excited about around here when people make good decisions like that for, you know, family and, and community and for people we love, man. So I appreciate that. About you, yeah, Ioma said he fought the good fight, that's right. And uh, hopefully we can, like Ioma said, we can join Francesca in the work of you know, make sure your story gets out there to more and more people. So uh, just appreciate you coming on, man, sharing you know, some of your time with us and sharing your story with us. So really appreciate you, man. So shout out to you. And I'll throw it over to Francesca for your shout outs.
3: so i'm a, I'm gonna be the woman on the panel. and on the last day of Women's History Month, because it is the last day, I'm gonna shout out two really important women out of Toronto. And that is Mishimi, uh, royalty of Canada Mm. in the hip hop scene and also Michelle Geister, who is an incredible force and was so important to pushing the culture across the country and uh, into different spaces. So much so that I remember the first time I met, um, I met uh, Shaheen Arif Dian, who is a really well-known MC out of South Africa. Uh, part of a group called Prophets of the City. He told me the first hip hop he saw actually wasn't from the states in apartheid South Africa. It was actually Canadian hip hop. So mm-hmm. that's thanks to the people at much Music. Um, and I'll close by saying shout out to all the people who are doing the work to remind people of all the people that fought the fight like like Jeff, because um, it's it's a hard battle. A lot of people are inclined uh, to do the easy work. To promote the people who everybody remembers because it's hard to do the work in the trenches to dig up these stories and tell the truth about what's happened. So respect to all those people. And on a personal note, I just want to thank Jeff because when I started doing this work on archiving Toronto hip-hop, it was very hard for a variety of reasons. The fact that I'm racialized as white, the fact that I'm a woman, it was difficult to get people to talk to me and it still is. Uh, I have private exchanges that are quite tough and I'll never forget I called Jeff one day and uh, Jeff in his way reminded me that I have to keep pushing forward and doing the work because some people don't catch the vision Jeff mm-hmm. is a visionary and that's what's come through in the conversation today and he's modeled for me but also shared those words those insightful words that even when people don't believe what you're doing don't believe in you and what you're doing you still have to push forward so thank you Jeff for just being a mentor in that way, I appreciate you so, so very much.
4: Thank you, Francesca and Spade. We'll give you the last, the last uh, of shots. You guys are giving me so much praise. I don't know what to say. I, I feel very undeserving of it. Um, I just kind of did what I loved, and uh, Francesca, man, you've been, only been a blessing in my life. So, <laughs> whenever you need me, whenever you call, I'm, I'm gonna answer. Just remember that, right? Um, thanks guys for this. This is amazing. I love talking hip hop. I'll talk hip hop till I die. Yeah. Right. And I love being surrounded by like, like minds. It's one of the greatest things. Yeah. i i just want to, I don't want to shout out anybody. I don't really kind of, I stick to myself a lot now, but, um, I just want to say to everybody, uh, I wrote an article a long time ago when I was st- when I was still doing my music and, um, I believe that, um, It might sound weird, but I thought, I believe that hip hop was kind of God sent to the world. Mm. Uh, It's the only culture that's being practiced by every culture in this world, by every people in this world, around this world. Mm. It, 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 It touches anybody from any race, color, creed, religion, whatever. Everybody relates to this hip hop. And if people don't see the magic in that, they're missing the beauty of the world, right? Because it gives you a voice to say anything. You know what I mean? And it and you, lets you express yourself the way you need to express yourself. And that's why one MC doesn't sound like another MC and neither they shouldn't. And they shouldn't be saying the same things as another MC. They should be talking about their life and they should be sharing their love and their life with the world. And that's all I want to see happen with hip hop for the rest of my life. Mic drop. That's dope.
1: <laughs> and on that note, we say,